We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in this Thursday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Jeffrey Wright will join us for his weekly appearance here uh, shortly on the show in the My Perfect Franchise Hotline. The podcast brought to you every single day by the Blue Sky here in Oxford, the Oxford Exxon Blue Sky here. They've got the ribs. They've got the lunch specials. <clears throat> you know about the lunch specials. They are five sixty nine, a couple sides, any size fountain drink, and the bread of your choice. They've got the 49-cent fountain drink fill-ups. Take advantage of that. Quench your thirst there with the uh, the Oxford Exxon. And if you're in the Clinton area, they can help you out with some donuts this morning in the Jackson metro area. Go to the Clinton Blue Sky a lot of different flavors, a lot of options for homemade donuts. They make every single morning. That's going to get expanded into a lot of other locations as well. All their Blue Sky locations up and down I-55 and throughout North Mississippi also. So uh, all that on tap at Blue Sky. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for our buddy Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote. Within 15 minutes in business hours, it's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You just get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop it around, or you can do what I have done, what I recommend that you do, and that is hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. As Chase mentioned, guest join on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Either way, Andy Ludicky can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or call Andy anytime at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or 404-973-9901. I'm not particularly sharp today, uh, so we're going to get through this thing. Been up for a while. I, I had I had some pillow issue in the middle of the night. I woke up at like 1.15, and my neck was bothering me from the pillow. I don't know what was going on, and I, I think I have been up since 1.15 outside of dozing from like 4.20 to 5, something like that. So I here is my mental acuity for the day is, look, it was a little dark. The only lights on in the kitchen were 
the mounted lights under the cabinets. Uh, and even one of those has gone out recently and I haven't replaced it yet. But uh, I poured the coffee and when I picked the coffee cup up, my hand starts getting scalded and I realized that I was holding the coffee cup upside down and pouring the coffee onto the bottom of the cup. And it oh, splashed all over my hand and my phone and the counter and the floor. Um, that's and look, the I mean, the bottom is white, so it's a little misleading. You think that potentially it's open, but yeah, still, it, it's it it. That's only saving me so far with being an idiot. Yeah, this I mean, but I, I I like it happened, and I went, yeah, far for the course. Okay, wasn't even mad. Just went, okay, it's fine. I don't want to sound like the angry old man because I'm not. I'm cool with it. I mean, I like the sound of birds, but the birds at like five in the morning these days are so freaking loud. Really? It's unbelievable. They're waking you up? I, they are waking me up on a routine basis. And once I start waking up, man, it's it's so hard to go back to sleep. So your 2023 version of a rooster is a bunch of birds outside the window. Yes. Have they gotten louder and progressively worse? I mean, we're, I mean, we're in migratory season, so maybe you're just getting some birds coming through and hanging out on the way somewhere else. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd love to go out and have a conversation with them about what's going on because it, it, it's. I, I would, I would, I would just request a forty-five minute delay on all the noise. But what kind of birds? Yeah, I don't know. I, if if Laura were here, I'd put her on, and I'm sure she could tell you all about it. You don't know birds. I don't know birds. I mean, I know redbirds, bluebirds, <laughs> robins, but no, I'm not a bird person. You're not going to tell the difference between a goldfinch and something else that looks kind of like a goldfinch? No, no. I, okay. I mean, she'll put out those hummingbird feeders and I'll see those and she likes to feed the birds. Maybe that's part of the deal. Maybe I should roll over and blame her. Yeah. It's, it's loud. Anyway, I mean... If that's the worst problem I have all day is birds, yeah, sure. I'm, in, I'm in good shape. So news-wise, not a ton going on. We'll probably get to a little bit. Uh, a couple guys jumping into the portal yesterday from the football roster. Markevious Brown, the cornerback. Taiwan Malone, the uh, the two-sport player, the defensive lineman from uh, from New Jersey, who was one of Partridge's guys, uh, a guy that is, is obviously the more known of the two. Taiwan played in a few non-conference games early in the season, and then um, – has not played at all since then on the baseball field. He has had a hard time getting into the football rotation. He's played a little bit late. He has played some spot snaps, but for the most part has not been a meaningful part of the offensive line through two seasons. Frankly, it, it seemed like early that that ACL was not firing the way that they probably wanted it to fire. That takes a little while to, uh, to, to get to the place it needed to be from that standpoint. He had that done prior to Ole Miss. That was done in November before, uh, before enrolling, if I have that correct or if I remember. Um, I guess my question here, and I, we're, we're speculating, unless you know, and if, feel, if so, feel free. Uh, do, what odds is, are they gone, gone, and what odds are this is some level of NIL or just playing leverage and seeing what's out there and they could be back, in your opinion? Well, to add pieces, which I think they want to do, you have to create openings. Um, 85 is the number. And the people do, well, you can use walk-ons. Yeah, I know, you, you can, but there's, there's only so much of that that's realistic. Um, I, I would guess they're both gone. I mean, if you're not playing, and it's pretty obvious in the spring that you're not playing, and you want to play, 
you got to go someplace where you can play. I would think Taiwan has some potential landing spots, and then I don't know about Brown. He he had moments. I actually have liked Markebius at times. I mean, he's been kind of frenetic and sort of, you know, he's an athletic kid. I, I actually, uh, I, I'm a little surprised he has not developed a little more into a rotational player. There were some rumblings with him back in like December that, that he was going to get in the portal, if I recall correctly. And, and you know, maybe they talked him into giving it another spring and, and now he wants to see what's out there for him. Um, I, I, I don't like predicting how these things play out because I have no idea. Um, I always find these interesting, though, and this is going to sound like a criticism of people that we compete against, I guess, if you want to call it competition, but do they do the pieces on why this didn't work out? I'm guessing they don't. That is correct, yes. We do 100 pieces on why this guy might fit. He might fit because he plays football. and 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 He's he talented plays- or he wouldn't have got a scholarship offer. He plays football, and and people have offered him. So if he comes to your school, yeah, he'd fit. That, I mean, I, I get it. Why that's worthy of a story. I mean, every time someone goes into the transfer portal and Ole Miss contacts them, it, it, it's not a story that they contact them because if you did that, there are schools that just contact everybody in the portal. Not literally, but there's one SEC school in basketball, Arkansas, that has, that has contacted like 100 guys. For a 13 scholarship roster. It just means that they're touching base. They're doing their due diligence. I don't know that that's a story every time, but if it is, then every time that you don't get a guy, you should do the story about why you didn't get him. Breach. Kind of a pet peeve. And then we could go back. I'd like to go back. When it doesn't work out for a kid. Do we go back to when he did commit and he got compared to like an all pro in the NFL as a high school kid? And do we go back and go, yeah, you know, in, in hindsight, that was kind of a crappy comparison on my part and, and it was a clickbait article. I'm guessing that doesn't happen either. Well, it's my, I mean, it's been my long standing criticism when you're comparing guys. It's like, hey, he's the next AJ Brown. He's the next this. It's like, I mean, the example I've always used, you don't say, hey, that linebacker, his ceiling is Joe Lon Dunbar. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just a you know, get out there, get in the rotation, play some linebacker. That's all. You, that's all you see. It's all good. Jeffrey, how are you? Well, I preach, Neil, because I don't know if you're aware of this, but you have the portal king in football. I cover the portal king in basketball. <laughs> and, and 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 look, I'm not criticizing. Hey, I'm the- with you. You're preaching to the choir. Like, and it, by the way. I don't want this to seem like I think Penny Hardaway is pretty good in the portal. Just like I think Lane Kiffin's pretty good in the portal. Yeah. There are 1200 kids in the portal in basketball. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you do a breakdown of fit for every kid who goes into the portal, who your school contacts or the school you cover, oh, oh hell for most of these people, it's their school. I mean, if you took most of the people on this beat, that are such diehard fans and put them on the Iowa beat, their workload, their work production would go down 6,000%. They'd probably just quit. I mean, it's just fandom. And so it's, here's how he would fit. Okay, when you don't get him, do you come back and go, well, they didn't get him because, well, found out that it was just a phone call. They just had a quick Zoom. It bugs me. It's my pet peeve. It's fast becoming my pet peeve, Jeffrey. 
I don't so, have a lot of them. It's this one bugs me though. And then when you don't get him, do you go well? You know, didn't get him because the NIL wasn't right. Didn't get him because the fit wasn't good. Didn't get him because they went to lunch at some place and he he thought the burger sucked. I mean, oh, where, where's I don't know. Just you're you're recruiting a whole bunch of pieces, a whole bunch of people to get a handful of pieces. Just everyone's not as serious as it's made out to be. That number is crazy, whatever it is, Jeffrey, because I saw this too. It was 1,400, 1,500, 1,300, whatever. It was 1,200 when Pearl Pearl at the Final Four, Bruce Pearl went on uh, one of the Barstool pregame, like one of the Barstool live shows, and his assistant at that time. Now, this is before the Final Four, and there was more after. He said there are 1,200 in the portal. Yeah, I saw a couple of news stories a second ago while I was Googling that was up over 13. You're talking about 100 full rosters. Yes. In the portal. Correct. Yes. I mean, what? Like, that, like one third, third of, of all college basketball players yeah. are in the portal. Yeah. And there's so many of these kids that have been told, this is the story that nobody really writes. And I'm making fun of myself here because I'm not writing it either. Probably because the amount of work that it would take would not equal anything close to the amount of return I would get. Yes. But there are so many kids who are being told, go in the portal. There's so much NIL money. And they get in the portal and they have this massive price tag that they have created for themselves, which is, hey, look, you're worth what you think you're worth until you're not worth that. And they, there's no one offering anything close to that. No, so I mean, the real me, competition waits until they realize they're not worth that, and they just have to pick a school. Yeah, it's like a, a a baseball free agent, right, who goes into the free agency, and he has a price tag, and he gets into late February, and all of a sudden camps have started in Florida and Arizona, and he goes, you know, I probably need to get into a camp, and let's lower my price tag, and then he lowers his price tag, and boom, there's a contract offer, and suddenly he signed, and he's playing for a, a major league baseball team. I mean, that it's it's kind of similar. and. Well, or you get the situation where kid decides he's going, you know, whatever, kid or camp, either or, decide they're going in the portal. They don't get that, that offer, and then they have to, you know, tuck their tail between the legs and head back to the school where they were. And by the way, that kid didn't really play very hard and was pretty checked out for the last month or two. And uh, he's going to have to rebuild some relationships on his team, too. If they'll even take him back. Sure. And and then so you you know I mean, Chase and I've talked about this in pre shows and post shows and just talking. It's like how do you even approach this topic because you don't know the answer. One of the questions that you have for all of these pl- places is you bring kids in on visits. The visit comes, the visit goes. The kids don't talk, so you just there's no way to get anything from them. But they don't commit. They don't sign or anything and so you you wonder okay was it a bad fit or was their nil price above and beyond what you can do or what you want to do and i don't know those answers that's the it's or or option three you know or was it the situation from the school they like them don't love them like hang on you know they're kind of stringing them on they're they're keeping this kind of option b in case some things fall through and again i'm I'm making fun of myself here too because i don't write this either because i don't i don't have it but Nobody writes the stuff that's, again, me too. Nobody writes the stuff that is really relevant here. 
And then when a kid does go to a school, when he commits to Tennessee or Florida or wherever, they never say, hey, what's the NIL? What was your NIL price tag? It's one of the things I hate about what we do as opposed to like a pro sports. If sure, if, if, if uh, you know, when, when I'm, I'm th- forgive me for a Cubs example, when Trey Mancini signs a deal with the Cubs, I know exactly what it is two years, 14 million. And how it fits in the larger thing, which is huge, which is, hey, what does this mean for the overall pie? Yes, precisely. Because yeah. that's we, actually the thing. How much is left? What's we there? Don't, we don't do that. And, and, and we don't do it because we don't know it and no one will tell us because it's all top secret, which is back to my thing about, I think, for college athletics to ever get this to a place where it's not chaos, there has to be more transparency about, and there's a lot of coaches that feel this way too, transparency and some sort of a, for lack of a better word, salary cap, where you go, here's the pool. When you get when you get an amount, people know what you got. Because if you're if we're going to do the, it's pro sports. Well, pro sports, everybody knows contracts. We know what Lamar Jackson's contract is. We know what, frankly, we know what some of his demands are. Or we know what some of the options are. When when um, Jalen Hurts signs a deal the other day, not only do we know what the what the deal is, we know which part of it's guaranteed. We know how it's broken down. You, you know all of these things. We, we know when John Morant signs a deal with the Grizzlies, we're going to know exactly what that deal is. Well, furthermore, not only do we not only do we know the deals, there's a set of uniform rules that everybody has to play by. And that's kind of the other thing right now in college basketball is like, you know, certain states have certain rules, and then other schools or other states are trying to catch up. And, and to me, like that's kind of the bigger deal. I will say though, if you're if you're a young person that wants to break into the field, I think this, I, I think if you can start reporting on this, I think you can make a real name for yourself. Like my buddy, my buddy David Cobb, kind of by didn't really have a ton of else to do when he's at CBS because he's kind of on, you know, he was, he was, you know, he's behind some guys. He ends up just taking on the portal. And now David's one of the guys that everybody reads the most about the portal. And, and it wasn't like David like stuck his flag going like, I'm going to be portal guy. It just kind of what happened. I, I think you could do the same thing. If you're a young reporter, people always ask like, what's the way you never know what the way is. And you know, when new opportunities come in, I, I think that is definitely a way to, to get into the business. Oh, because I agree. What people would read. And, and that's the other thing. You don't even have to be that good of a writer. Like you just have to be able to figure out these numbers, find out what these numbers are. And if you're young and dogged, like this is definitely a way to break in. No, you're an insider, not a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can get, find out if you could just do one league, if you could be the one guy, be the one guy that takes on the sec or the big 10 or whatever, and, and gets develops connections at every school's NIL. Yeah. And find out, Hey, what, how much NIL do you have? How much did he get? How much did he get? How much did he get? You could start writing that stuff. Oh, you'd take off. I mean, and I can hear people go, well, why don't you do it? Because I, I, don't, I don't have the time or the energy at this point. But I don't, and I don't oh, know. It requires, I, the, it requires the collectives to want that out is the problem. Yeah, and the collectives don't want it out because it's, it's, they view it as some sort of competitive disadvantage. But look, you, you don't have to be a genius to figure out when guys come in for visits and they don't commit. You brought him in for a visit means you were interested. You didn't finish it 
one of two or three things happened. They either didn't like each other or the money wasn't there. Or somebody else paid more money. Right. It's, it's, I mean, it's, there, there aren't, it's probably not, well, you know, you told me Ajax was going to be awesome and I just kind of thought it was average. I, I, it's not, no, I mean, it's even, money. Even coaches have admitted, as much as we want to romanticize and idealize that kids, kids went here, like, yeah, we know there's some money involved, but for the most part, they went here because they love it. It's like, no, coaches have been on the record. Like in the end, it's like most professions. The number's what matters. Of course. Is it is it a hundred percent like you know, does it hold true for everyone? No. But I mean, aren't y'all pretty convinced most of the reason Arch Manning is at Texas is because Texas put the highest number out? I would I would say that was at least eighty percent of his decision. Including had plans for his brand in quotes, sure. yeah. what that looks like all the way around from a business. I'll tell you about Athletic Greens. Take AG One in the morning before uh, working out, after working out, whatever it is that will uh, suit you, but your you best. Maybe if you're fasting, you do it to break the fast. Give it a fast. It would be a very good thing there to uh, start you out without the heavy meal. Get you started for your day. Get some great nutrients inside you after uh, taking some hours off from eating. It'll make you feel better to take on your day, get you ready to go. It's good, something good for your body. So with AG1, it's a comprehensive health and power of habit all in one. It's great for recovery. Again, love taking mine after a workout. When you need a little bit of a boost, it empowers the gut for whole body health and so much more when the grains powder. It's all of your key health products all in one. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase Go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw. That's athleticgreens.com slash mpw. Check it out. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland today. The College Corners, your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's uh, next to uh, Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at uh, College Corner Store. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Hoping to bring you a hand-raised guys uh, tomorrow night. Working on some stuff for that. That's brought to you by Comer and Southern. Different names, same great products, same great people, same great services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid. That's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D. Or download their app, name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock has multiple locations around Nashville and Memphis. Also in Indiana and more uh, coming soon that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. And we're brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic, multivitamin, and supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside Mississippi. 
you have uh, if you take diabetes, high blood pressure, or cholesterol medications, you know that uh, they typically cause side effects and uh, like muscle pain, brain fog, stuff like that. Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support. It puts those vitamins back into your body, keeps you compliant uh, over the long haul. SolutionsRx.com, promo code OEP at checkout. Get 10% off your first order. Podcast also brought to you by the Old Men's Athletics Foundation. Morgan Wallen bringing his one night at a time tour to Vault Hemingway Stadium April 22nd, April 23rd. That's the Saturday and Sunday. Tickets for both still available and start at just $78. So to purchase, visit morganwallen.com. And if you already have your ticket, make sure and purchase a parking pass, olemistix.com. And look for that. Remember, uh, parking is going to be at a premium. Get your pass now, olemistix.com. Well, it's, I don't know if y'all, yeah. have y'all, have y'all seen Air, the MJ movie? I have not, not gone to see it yet. Uh, we had Spo- talked about seeing it Sunday, and we just didn't make. Spoiler time. alert! It's it, by the way, it's a, it is a very good watch. It's an entertaining watch. It's it's pretty straightforward. Like, is it the greatest movie ever made? Probably not, but it's an enjoyable watch. Great '80s soundtrack. Neil, you'll love the music. It's like your playlist, like in the car. Super great. But in the end, most of why Michael Jordan went to Nike is they gave him revenue. They gave yeah. him a share of what his shoe was made like they they had like they worked super hard to get him into the building but like most of the reason why he went is they gave him something that everyone else wasn't willing to give like it, it's this is 1983 or 84 whatever it's you know what i mean like it's still the same yeah they gave him something that converse wouldn't give him or adidas yeah they were going to just pay him a flat sum wear the shoe market the shoe yep here's your money and then if it takes off, like the, you guys are too young to remember it. When I was a kid, 82, 83, the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Converse shoes. Well, they Magic. have a, in, in the movie, they show the poster that you're talking about. Yeah. Magic's was purple and, and, and yellow and Larry Bird's was kind of a black, dark green. And you guys know it by now because you're sports people, but if you're just a casual sports fan who's younger, significantly younger than I am, you you have no idea how big the Lakers-Celtics rivalry was in the mid-'80s. It was just off the charts. I mean, everyone had a side. There was a racial component to it. There was East Coast, West Coast. There was It was, it was, it was everything, and everyone wore those shoes. But those guys, Bird and, and, and Magic Johnson, both just got flat fees. They signed the contract. Did some marketing stuff, got paid, and then Converse reaped all the rewards. Good for Converse; it was a brilliant idea. But yeah, John, um, Jordan's deal was was well. And and to your, to your point, uh, remember the they even touch on this in Winning Time, the the Lakers HBO series. Remember when Magic was choosing his shoe? Remember the nerdy guy offered? He was like, "I'll give you a cut of the shoe, Phil Knight," and he's like. Uh. They even, they even put like the slide at the end, like how much that cost, like that could have cost, you know, Magic Johnson billions, literally. Wow. Oh, I didn't even thought about that. I remember that now in, the, in that show. That was a really good show. Because if you think about it, Jordan, I think in the end, like they were saying, like, you know, I was, re- I was reading about it. There have been years where he's made like $600 million. And then think about how, Jordan has what? When was the last time Jordan played? I don't even remember. Was was that like oh one oh two? Like I remember. That was him, my guess. I remember him playing in the pyramid, 
and, and like that was an event. But I mean, Jordan hasn't. We have most of these kids that are getting recruited now. Like they've never seen him play. He played his final game in Philadelphia on April the 16th, 2003. So he's been out for 20 years. So 20 years. And he still, I think, has the number one selling shoe. I mean, they're just they're they're re-releasing old shoes. And at the time, I mean, Neil, you'd remember better. But I mean, wasn't Magic Johnson in 1980? He was as big as Jordan was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys, I remember watching that national championship game. I was nine years old. It was such a big deal. And then those guys went into the NBA. And at the time, I mean, the NBA was on tape delay. The NBA was not a big deal. Major League, Major League Baseball was a big deal. The NFL was a big deal. They might have been on even footing at that point. And then the Magic Bird thing, They every NBA player, when he takes the floor, on one of these big playoff nights and looks at the contracts and stuff needs to tap his heart or something and go, thanks, Larry. Thanks, Ma- magic. Yeah, I'm, telling, I'm, I'm telling you guys, they, it, it, those guys, those two guys. No, it's, it's the same way. Every golfer, even today should just go, God, I miss tiger. Oh, like, absolutely. Like just absolutely. thank you so much for, for everything you did. Yeah. It should be Mr. Woods. Thanks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like in hindsight, when, remember when it was like, if, if these golfers knew about what Tiger was doing, why didn't anyone speak out? It's like, because it was a gravy train. <laughs> <laughs> they were kissing the ground. He walked on. The only person that said anything was Jesper Parnovic because he had a relationship with Elon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I think he brought Elon over to babysit his kids. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, I didn't know that. Get your, uh, get your take on something. Saw this this morning. Then, uh, I don't know, some news thing I looked at. Reading here. Some podcast. Obviously, everybody listening right now is listening to a podcast. Thank you for it being ours. It says, the future of news might be hiding wherever you get your podcast. 87% of Americans who hear news on podcasts expect it to be accurate, according to a new Pew Research survey. Uh-oh. Given that confidence in newspapers and TV news has slipped, it's a big win for podcasts, but it's not necessarily a victory for the podcast or traditional news outlets. Only one in five podcast listeners say they tune into pods connected to news organizations. It uh, means that you're listening to someone you like and you just trust that they're telling you the truth, right? Yeah, I, that would be my... Like, in the end... Because that's a huge number, 87%. Yeah, I think I think largely I don't even know if it's necessarily people that you like. I do think it's people you trust because we can attest like most of our audience likes us, but there are people that also listen a ton and don't like us, but they do at least like listen. So there's a columnist. Yeah, there's an implicit there's an implicit trust factor. Um, They begrudgingly admit that they trust you. I think I think that's kind of where where it stems from. And for podcasting, like think like it's not like you stumble on podcasts. Like you have to actively choose to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Out of but, thousands and thousands of podcasts, no millions now. Yeah, right. Like I, guys, I've gotten where I get my news from two sources. 
I read the Wall Street Journal and I listen to Breaking Points with Crystal Ball and Sagar Injeti. So, so all I, Break, what's, I get, what's that? It's called Breaking Points with Crystal Ball and Sagar, I think is how you say his name. Injeti. It sounds like a recruiting site. Uh, they, they, they were, it does. Um, yeah, it, it's shockingly that I'd listen to something. By the way, what a great name ball. if you're in news. Crystal Ball. <laughs> great, though. Um, I listened, yeah, that's I listened, awesome. Especially I if you're breaking one, news. Oh, my God. Yes. I was listening to one podcast the other day, and in that one hour, they ripped Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Clarence Thomas. The list was going out. I, I just kept going, be still my heart. I think I found my home. And and it was great. I, and And they're... They were like on this leaked document thing that the whole mm -hmm. the whole mainstream media has just ignored. They didn't. The whole mainstream media, it's 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 bizarre about our business. Chase is going, oh my God, he's going into politics. I'm I'm really not. We should absolutely, as a as an entity, as a media entity, we should be thankful for whistleblowers. We should be thankful for people who Make who, who put sunshine on things, even if it's the case of a 21-year-old kid who did it to impress his friends. What was in those documents was the news, not we must get this 21-year-old kid and prosecute him forever because he's a traitor. They, they got the documents, and they spent episode after episode after episode breaking down what was in the documents, which was really revelatory about what our government truly knows about Ukraine, what it truly knows about Russia, what it knows about China, what it knows about a lot of things. It was, it was fantastic. They, they did that. If you turned on NBC News, all you knew there was a manhunt for this kid. Okay, well, why? Why were they so upset? What was in the documents? Why was it so easy for a 21-year-old to get access to these documents? That was well, my first question. And, and, yeah, and, and they've, they've, di they've dived into that as well, like, because obviously he had help. Somebody wanted him to get those documents. Sure. Of course. Somebody, yeah. somebody wanted that to get out. How did it, how did, you know, but the fact, the story from a media standpoint should not be who leaked the documents, especially when you find out it's just some 21 year old kid. The story should be what was in the documents and they did it. They gave me that. Nobody else really gave me that. And so if you, I, to to your point, it's where I think if you if you look at the audiences for CNN and MSNBC and Fox News, all those audiences are declining because I think more and more people are realizing you guys are just telling me what you're you're just giving me your team propaganda. That's it. Well, and I think I think there's always just going to be inherently there's going to be like an opposition element. Like if you got a Democratic president, Fox is usually going to be pretty good because. The and same thing. It's like it's no surprise MSNBC and CNN's numbers went down when Trump left. Like, sure, if you're, if you're the opposition, you're always going to have an audience. That's why they follow him around now because he he helps he helps ratings. Hell, you could tell me all of them quietly or want to vote for him again just to get him back. Well, I mean, well, look, they, all, they, they, they it's all back to that confirmation bias argument. They're they're telling they're saying what they believe their audience wants to hear. Because that keeps them engaged and going, yeah, see how right they are because they just are reinforcing what they already have in their heads. And, and it keeps them coming back. Yeah, right. Hey, no, I'm, I'm going to get up and I'm going to feel good because I'm going to fight the power with you because yeah. you're saying either side, you're saying exactly what it is I believe and I'm pissed off about. 
And you're no, just that, making me even more pissed off because you're going on and on and on and on and on about it. No, That's it's the why. story about Fox and, and, and the settlement with Dominion is that it's not just the settlement. It's the fact that, so you guys did all this talking heads and it was mostly the opinion people, but you said a bunch of stuff that you didn't believe that you did. You couldn't. And there's text messages to prove that you didn't believe it. You had no evidence to prove it yet. You did it because you wanted to inflame this segment of your audience that wanted to hear that. Mm-hmm. That's the story more than the settlement number, which is a massive number. And there's another lawsuit coming against Fox. That's probably going to get a bigger number before it's all said and done. You won't hear about that unless you listen to breaking points, but all these networks, they're all doing the same stuff. And that's why there's, I mean, I'm sure there's some piling on of Fox these days from the other networks, but deep down they're like, God, this could so easily happen to us. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, in the end, that's what they always fear is a lawsuit. Uh, almost wise, we hit the portal stuff. That's really it. There's been no movement on the rotation for the week. No and I basically covered that yesterday. Ole Miss has not made an announcement as of 8.23 this morning as to what uh, they are doing with the rotation and Hunter and all that. So, you're going to move on here. Jeffrey, I, I flagged this this morning, obviously relevant to last night. Grizzlies beat Lakers tight 1-1, headed to L.A. Why are the Grizzlies 27-8 and without John Morant? Uh, well, it, it was not as dramatic this year. Um, this year, I think they were eleven and ten without okay. him, and now I guess they're they're twelve and ten. Um, I don't know. This the simplest answer I can give you is the regular season doesn't really matter. Like last year, last year they ran up a really gaudy record without him, but it was earlier in the year when they mm-hmm. didn't have him, and the Grizzlies play pretty hard like in the regular season. And we definitely saw last year, like playing hard could, could rack up some wins. Um, There is a little bit of basketball. I think that, that like in the end, Jaws a ball, a ball dominant point guard, and he's got to have the ball in his hands to, to be special and effective. And when Tyus is in there, the ball moves a little bit better. And so they can they can get a little bit better shots at, at times. I still think it's kind of more fluky than anything because we also saw they did not have Ja during the Golden State series, and there were multiple games where if they could have just finished in the fourth quarter, they win the games. Well, without Ja, they didn't they didn't have. And the same thing could be true on Sunday. Like you know, the final score with the Lakers was you know, 16 or whatever it was. But that was kind of like watching a hockey game when they pull the goalie and, and they yeah. score a bunch of goals late. Like it was still a three point. It was a one possession game with like two minutes left. But you could see when the Grizzlies had to get a back a bucket in the half court, like they don't really have someone to to start. Like it is important when you watch last night, like the Grizzlies like maintained that double digit lead for so much of the second half because you know, even though Tyus is a, a valuable backup point guard, he's still he still doesn't get into the lane at will. So they it's still to me more kind of coincidental than it is anything like let me ask uh, if I asked Taylor Jenkins, would you rather have Jaw on the floor or not on the floor? He's still taking Jaw tip times. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I asked Taylor Jenkins, do you wish Dylan Brooks wouldn't talk about LeBron? Would he say yes or no? Is that does that feed 
does that feed the energy of this team that kind of has this persona of like, I don't know if you've seen the story in the athletic where they quote a bunch of anonymous players and, and yeah. they're like, God, oh, those Memphis kids, man, they just talk, you know, they just talk a lot. Is it, is it, does that fuel them or did he? Or is it rope-a-dope? Does it force LeBron to potentially try to do too much? I see. I think it's more that, um, to be clear, Dylan's a crazy person. So <laughs> I think if you ask Taylor Jenkins, you know, would you prefer him to talk or not? I think Taylor would say it doesn't matter what I think. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. Dylan's a crazy person. Like that, that's me trying to control him. It's like trying to control the Joker. Like I, I'm not going to, it doesn't matter what I think in, in that situation. I, so the comments in the athletic though, I interpreted those comments though, more targeted towards Ja, because the thing that struck me about the comment is they talk when they're winning. But they don't say, I think it was, they don't say shit when they're losing. I think that was the, the, the quote. I think that's right. Ja, Ja's a little mopey when, it, when it's not going his way. One thing I will give Dylan credit, up 30, down 30, he's running his mouth. Like he, he is consistent in that. I targeted, I thought most of those comments were more targeted at Ja than they were at Dylan. I think they're annoyed at Dylan, but I think also like they... I think there's a begrudging kind of tip of your cap to Dylan because I think most people understand like he he gets the most out of what he actually is. Like he's not a tremendous athlete. He's clearly not a great shooter. Like, but he just has a motor and he just plays hard. He does. He's a good, he's a really good basketball player. I mean, he's also he, quietly he's a fourth like, guy. He's a really he's a great fourth guy. No, I, I've I said yesterday on the show. I don't actually mind when Dylan Dylan's mid-range game is is not bad and I think he's kind of clever finishing at the rim. The rule just needs to be he needs red lights on three-pointers. Like that's just the rule. And then of course, you know, he hits the he hits kind of the dagger last night right in front of me so, you know. There you go. There's another win. So, you were there, did the Lakers have a little energy issue early or did they just get outplayed? It was weird at the start. Both teams kind of had. It honestly felt like a game one at the start. And maybe it's because, hey, there's no jaw. Both teams didn't really have a like, okay, does this change the game plan? Like I can understand at a certain level why maybe there was kind of a feeling out. But it was kind of ugly early. Both teams missing shots and. I didn't necessarily feel like the Lakers had an energy problem. I think you, I think there was just too much of an overreaction to what happened game one. Like Hachimura was good again, but he wasn't 30 points good. Right. Austin Reeves hit maybe two shots. And it's like, guys, like he, he was undrafted for a reason. Like I'm not saying like he's not a good basketball player, but you know, he's not going to get 27 every night or what was it? 23 every night. It was good to have real d back. Um, uh, D'Angelo Russell, it was good to see him back missing shots. Like, I didn't necessarily feel like it was an energy thing. It just they hit shots in game one that I don't think they particularly hit for much of the season. And then last night they didn't hit him. And the Grizzlies hit enough shots to hit enough shots to kind of 
I thought it was key that they kept a double-digit lead because I think if that game got tight late, I don't know what they were going to do for offense. Is the country pulling for the Grizzlies or the Lakers? Because the, the Memphis in general would be that small market plucky team with the superstar, but they have this persona now running their mouth and all that stuff where they almost have a bit of a Tennessee baseball vibe to them. What does the country want to happen in this? I think it was easy to root for them last night because there's not jaw. I have since okay. around the country, uh, there's a uh, there's a growing frustration with Ja Morant or, or dist- distaste for Ja Morant. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, if you look at like that athletic piece about you know underrated players, best players, he he doesn't get mentioned now. He even among his peers, it's like almost some of his peers are like, dude, figure yourself out. Oh, there's no question on that. I mean, I, I still think with him, I started noticing it last year. There was this weird kind of identity crisis where he was kind of like trying to decide how he wanted to be. And you never know, like, you never know what players pick on, like, you know, because we don't hear all the trash talking, particularly in the NBA. You know, you have to cover it as a cheerleader. You don't cover it as a as an entity. Um. And so maybe, you know, he was taken behind the scenes. I don't think like on his team, but like, you know, maybe he was starting to get flack for being, uh, you know, from a two parent household, which is just hilarious to think about. And he decided like, no, I'm not going to do like I'm, I'm tougher than that. whatnot. And and if you maybe, remember that happened to Kevin Durant at the beginning of his career, at the yeah. beginning of his career, Kevin Durant was this nice guy and everybody really liked him and. He was clean cut and all of those things that the words that people use and Durant recoiled at that. He hated that. He's like, yeah. no, 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 no. I, I need, I need to be the villain. I need to be a bad guy so that I can fit in with these other guys. And I, I cause I can remember. And again, maybe, maybe the facade was who he portrayed himself to be early. And, you know, this is closer. It doesn't come across as authentic. It comes across as it comes across as like, this is a show and, and, you know, I want to be, I want to have guns in my videos. And like, and so I just don't think the general public likes that. Um, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's tough last night. I do not get the sense that people are rooting against the Lakers. Like we all as a community of locked arms and are rooting against the warriors. Like I will mm-hmm. stay up till 1am to watch press conferences after they lose. Like to hear them whine and complain. Like I will consume everything. Give it to me. This is your version of when A and M loses a football game, and I go to the message boards and pop oh, yeah. popcorn, oh, hang out yeah. for a couple hours, yeah. and just just take oh, it all in. Aaliyah Dude. like wake up in the middle of like, why are you still up? It's like, hold on, baby, I'm, I'm taking notes. <laughs> well, this I, I've seen people, and it's you're so right about media in, that cover the NBA. They're, they're they're cheerleaders. Like this punishment against Draymond is wrong. No, it's not. I mean, no, I mean, to me, you have broken Demontis Sabonis's ribs. I mean, Sabonis, as of this mo- moment, is questionable for tonight with the sternum thing. I mean, that's a how big is Draymond Green? Six eight two thirty. The six foot eight, two hundred and thirty something pound man stomps with all of his power on your chest. You're gonna hurt. Well, to me, the other thing is the statement from the league acknowledged this was a lifetime achievement award, like. They even like put his past behavior. I still think though, I'm, I am with you. Like that's a, like he 
like to me, like that is a, that you are worthy. You open yourself up to be suspended after that. I still think the reason he got suspended wasn't necessarily the stomp. I think it was the antics, the five minutes afterwards, and Adam Silver was in the building. You know, he could, Adam Silver's not able to like, you know, go to commercial break or watch commercials mm-hmm. during that. He had to sit there and watch the whole thing. And, you know, I think that definitely played a part in it. I'm yeah, just could, stop with the Draymond is the ultimate team basketball player. He's a selfish basketball player. Absolutely. Like, stop it with this. Absolutely. There's no Warriors game three tonight. Let's go, Kings. Let's that's, go, Kings. That's kind, of, that's kind of becoming America's team a little bit. That's who everybody's, oh, yeah. everybody's cheering for. There are these plucky kids that nobody's heard of. People are like, DeMontis who? De'Aaron what? De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox? Where? I, fell I fell in love with De'Aaron played when he was at Kentucky, the regional final, the semi, whatever, the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight were here in Memphis, and I was covering that. And he had a game against UCLA where they could just do nothing with him. Like Carolina ends up winning on the, the Luke May shot, but uh, that guy was a delight. But I mean, the other thing is, I don't know. Maybe we kind of owe the Kings an apology. Remember after the Sabonis trade, I was like, what are they doing? They got fleeced. How, how dare they trade Halliburton? I don't know. It seems like it worked pretty good right now. Yeah. Sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Uh-huh. Tonight, uh, Sixers, Brooklyn. That is at 630 on TNT. Sixers up. Neil, are you in agreement? Who cares? Like, that, that is the ultimate. Like, Philly's barely trying. Like, Philly's going to advance <laughs> yeah. and move on. But, like, yeah, I tried to watch that the other night. I was like, no, thank you. It's the second night in a row where it makes no sense other than time zones while they're putting what games on actual television. Nine o'clock Central, TNT, as you mentioned, Kings and Golden State. Kings up 2-0. Mike Brown named unanimous NBA Coach of the Year yesterday. And then 9.30 Central, NBA TV, game three between Phoenix and the Clippers. Yeah, that's a mistake. They should have committed. It's it's dumb. They should have moved somebody up. So I just think – I think – the TV execs, like if you look at the numbers this year, I I think the way that it works is whoever gets the prime spot has like first choice each night. And so like, like the Grizzlies played Sunday and Wednesday because ABC took the Lakers for their Sunday feature game. And then TNT had the, like last night was like their 630 prime time. Like they took the Lakers then. I would assume what happened is they just took the Warriors because that's just like in the end, when you look at the numbers this year, people are watching two teams. They're watching, they're watching the Lakers and they're watching the Warriors. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. And there's yeah, as good as Denver is, and Denver's really good. Nobody nobody knows who the, who they are. Nobody watches them. It's, it's kind of a conundrum, probably for the league. Is, and, as, is I mean, I think don't you think Boston kind of like even though Boston has a historic fan base and whatnot. Like, there's, I mean, they were on NBA TV last night. Yeah, for whatever reason, as good as he is, and I think he's a top five, six player in the league. Jason Tatum doesn't move the dial for people the way that he probably should. Yeah, I don't really have a. I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't either. I mean, even has- me casually, who has told Neil that if you told me to just pick a team out of the East, it's probably the Celtics for no real reason. I I don't think about him in the same way. I think about so many other dudes that he is better than. Well, the best example is the Bucks, right, Jeffrey? Is it's that, sure. that same athletic story? You know, who's the most underrated player in, in in the in the league? In the league, it's Drew Holiday. Who's the best defensive player in the league? Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday never gets votes for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, that tells you that the his his peers think he's a stud, and he's on a team with Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is, is probably the best player in the game. All in all, if you really. Well, down. I think also in the same story, didn't didn't like he overwhelmingly get picked. If you start a team with one player, I think he he got picked one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I I spent like an hour. I was out walking, and I was like, okay, let's do this mind exercise. If I had if I could pick a team, any team, and I, I I get to start with one player, who's my player? And I kept trying to come up with reasons for it to be somebody other than him. And I kept coming back to Noah Giannis. It it that's that's who I would take. I mean, I was trying to come up with maybe I would maybe I would take Embiid or maybe I would take. Uh, Luca or or Jokic or SGA or whoever, but now nah, coming back. It was it's it's Giannis. Well, even like okay, say if you, if you want to take Embiid, who I think deservingly is probably going to win the MVP this year. Yeah, like you can't ignore that he's had injuries. Like you can't ignore that he's injury prone. I, I think Luca is a fantastic basketball player, but at a certain point, like you do have to take stock of the fact that like it seems difficult to build around him, which is odd to me um but you know i mean who you know i I think when you come back it's like all right Giannis probably works just about anywhere like you know what i mean and that's what you're trying to draft one 
yeah, and stays out of trouble and yeah. is, is kind of people say he's boring or whatever until you watch him in person. You're like, that guy's not boring. He's phenomenal. I mean, he's we saw him in Memphis and goodness, what a freak. I mean, I know it's his nickname, but no, I mean, he, I, what I, I would do to have that body for one day. It is weird when it comes to like greatness. Like, for instance, you know, we look at go back and look at the numbers of Shaq at the Lakers. Like he was averaging 40 and 20 in playoff series. But there is something about when we just consider you're a physical freak, we kind of like dock you for that. Mm -hmm. And I think Giannis kind of falls into a similar category. It's like, well, of course he's great. He's, you know, seven one and runs like a gazelle. And, you know, it's almost like his, his physical presence, like Mm -hmm. hurts him in our minds. And I think it's the same reason. Like why is Steph so beloved (laughs) until, you know, recently why was job beloved? there's something about like when you see someone small do it that it's more likable it's kind of like a mighty mouse thing yeah there's the uncommon we yeah. like that, uh, that, that is that, that, coming back for game three my guess is yes i left i left uh whatever tuesday i left tuesday thinking okay he's not gonna play tomorrow but maybe he plays saturday I mean, in the end, it's the problem he has is it's a bruise on his right hand. Like, even people that want to call you soft, it's like, if he can't dribble, can you put him out there? He's a point guard. Well, and you know that the Lakers are going to go after that hand. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just started the playoffs. Now, as I, as I said yesterday, did it help when the hockey player got 75 stitches and went back in the game. Does that help with the, with the whole NBA Charmin soft image? Probably not. I would argue though, like he did get stitches on his head. Like, uh, does he get, does he come back yeah. in the game? If the stitches are on his glove hand, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's different sports too. I mean, yeah, that's not how the way that's not how we work. Yeah, I know. It's we also do. the last time there are two days off in the series. Everything's only one day off after this break. I mean, I do think that helps the Grizzlies. Yeah. Like, uh, seated here yesterday, we all kind of knew this was coming, but it became official, kind of like the Bears moving. Uh, Oakland headed to Vegas. We're going to get the first uh, relocation since 2005 when the Nationals headed to, I'm sorry, the Expos headed to DC to become the Nationals. Uh, 49 acres have been bought in Vegas by the Oakland Athletics, and then that caused Oakland to uh, shut down all talks about any stadium and go, okay, sayonara, see you. So when Aaliyah used to do this conference in Vegas uh, every year, I think it was UKG she would go to, uh, when we were there this year, we stayed at uh, Mandalay Bay, and the the like when we were driving from maybe back to the airport, the cab driver's like, yeah, someone paid a lot of money for that space right there. Like, no one knows what's going to happen. Like, yep. that ends up being the site. Like, that's the site of the stadium. Um, you know, I, I think I think if you're Oakland, like, what choice did you have? Like, they, like, you can't keep playing in, in that stadium. Like, the thing's a dump. And they made every effort to try and stay like where the warriors were like always looking for an out to go to San Francisco. Like the A's were trying to stay. Now you can make the argument like, well, what choice they have San Francisco already has the giants like that. That can't happen. 
I think it seemed to me that most leagues were waiting for someone to try Vegas first because I think there was this apprehension if we have our players there, like, you know, bad stuff can happen. And obviously it hasn't, you know, it hasn't gone 100%, but it was like when the NHL did it and people saw that it worked. Mm -hmm. Really worked. You know, okay, then the Raiders go next. All right. Well, now we've got the baseball team. And then on the other end of the strip, I believe, is where the where the people are trying to to recruit the NBA. Like they're building an NBA specific arena because the NBA has a problem. Like part of the reason why the NBA didn't go back to Seattle was key arena. The the Kraken were going to be the the primary tenant. The NBA doesn't want to go anywhere now where they're not going to be the number one tenant. And so at T-Mobile, you've got the you got the Golden Knights in Vegas. So like they need another arena to be the primary tenant. I think it's on the south end of the strip is where they're looking to do that. That feels like a, a lot of waste of money. That feels stupid, right? I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I was in Vegas in, in December, and I went to a Raiders game, and I went to a... a but I, I mean the different arena. Like they can yeah. share an arena. Like, what, what's can, the? You can make so much. It's, it's Vegas. You can make so much money. In you Vegas. think they can support all four franchises i do yeah i think they're i i'll tell you this from my experience in vegas uh for being a gambling city the people that run the businesses there don't seem to be big gamblers they seem to know what will yeah, yeah, will, yeah. will won't like they seem to they seem to have a pretty good pulse on the market and i think a big reason why people like it is you can go build there like it's easy to build there things get built on time and they usually come in at the budget. And so, you know, I, I just think when you're quote unquote, like an entertainment destination, like Vegas is like, I just think that they know that they're always just going to have people that will be able to, I don't know if it's going to be like, is it going to be the Sacramento crowd? Like, I don't know, but at the same time, it's like, uh, it seems like they feel pretty confident that they're going to make money on it. Yeah, and there was always the fear that the players would spend all of their time on the strip and all of that stuff. And I was talking to someone in the Raiders organization when I was up there, and, and he said that hasn't been the issue at all, that the players live out like in Henderson or wherever, and they just go play golf, and you know they hardly ever go to the strip unless it's like a... A, a, a function or something. A yeah, function or an appearance or whatever. Yeah, that's not what they do, you know, and that it's been easy to get players to come there because of those reasons there's lots of golf courses there's the the weather obviously is pretty pretty great most of the time and it's it's all of that stuff and like i said that i went, I went to a raiders game on on a sunday and then uh what's the name of the the hockey team i forget the not golden knights the golden knights on saturday night it was packed it was a great environment it was so you're always going to have tourists there who are looking for something to do because not everybody who goes to vegas is a gambler hand raised um, you know, I might sports gamble, but I don't, I don't really want to hang out in a casino all day, but there's so much stuff to do there and they always have conventions and I, I, the Cubs just got through playing a three game set in Oakland and I watched parts or most of all three games and that's not salvageable beyond the crowds. Like you see the dugouts and the players are sitting on, um, you know, ball buckets and stuff. They, it, it, the, it's, it's just, it's not doable. It doesn't work. I mean, I, I was surprised. When I read the story this morning, I wasn't even remotely surprised. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. They're watching that in in Oakland. That's with the you know a high profile team. I mean, one of the six, seven high profile teams in baseball, and, and there's just nobody there. And if you took the people that were wearing blue away, it's 
4,000, 5,000 fans. I mean, hell, they're minor league clubs that get that. It just doesn't work. What's more interesting now is that Major League Baseball wants to expand to 32. They've been waiting to get Oakland resolved. They've got to get Tampa resolved because they've got a stadium issue as well. And once that gets done, they're going to expand by two teams. And now that Vegas is off the market, Vegas was always going to be one of the the probably choice number one for expansion. Vegas is off the expansion market now. So if you're Portland or Nashville or Charlotte, you're kind of feeling better about things. I do wonder though if Nashville's going to spend two billion on the football stadium. Like, are they? I don't know, man. I don't know yeah, if they're going to. Where does that? Yeah, how does that work? And then you also wonder: does does Nashville sort of become? And I, it's different, but does Nashville sort of become Vegas Southeast because it's just still a massive convention city? People go there; it's growing by leaps and bounds. The hockey team has been successful. The NFL team has been successful. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, but but there are. I, I think it's Dave Stewart and some other people that are really, from what I hear, really organized about. Nashville getting a club and, and it, that it's real. And the sounds are downtown now, so that can't be retrofit into a major league stadium, right? Correct. The the plans that I saw were like a new stadium. I want to say it was like across the river from Nissan. Okay. Now, I don't know. I think that's I correct. I don't know. Like maybe now do you I mean, what are they going to do with Nissan? Do they tear it down and maybe is that where you would build it? Uh I would well there would there would be no need for Nissan once they build the new the new arena. That's what I'm stadium. saying. Yeah. So you'd have that. That's a prime piece of land that would work for a, a major league baseball stadium. I, I'm, I'm in the minority here. I think, I think Nashville's going to get a club. I think they're going to get one of the, either the 31st or the 32nd club. Yeah. Jeffrey just got a minute left. You got your, uh, your, your, your alarm and calendar set. I saw this morning that uh blink is replacing Frank ocean for week two of Coachella. Uh, no, that was that was Friday. Oh, that was already done. Oh, yeah. sorry, I missed yeah. that. I yeah, thought I, I, I thought it, we, I thought it was going into this week. No, uh, it was great. Uh, Aaliyah had Aaliyah had like friends in town, so they went to dinner. So I was gotcha. sitting, like okay. pre gaming a blink a blink live stream, <laughs> and I got to tell you, the boys are back. Like, there's nothing like watching fifty year olds tell the same dick jokes that they told when they were twenty two, and it was perfect. Like. Within the first intro, Tom had already screwed up the opening riff, and I'm like, "The boys are back!" Like it was, it was just, it's great. We're going. Hey, there off. is something to knowing exactly who you are, right? Like, no, hey, they have a brand. Hey. Like they, like I've, I do always laugh at the thought of Travis Barker is largely considered, like in his genre, the greatest drummer, like of his generation. And then you have two other guys that can barely play their instruments. Like it's just, it's, it's fascinating to watch. How much longer they got in them on, on, on touring? How, how much longer do you get to do you get to appreciate Blink into your forties? Oh yeah, I, I, I so. okay. I think also it was like right place, right time. Like I, I've I've told y'all, like I just think we're in this era of nostalgia. Like we are coming out and and you could even tell, like even at Coachella, which is not going to be like a all right, this is where you know this is where middle aged people are going to go. Like, there's just something about what they do that still resonates. Like, it's sing-along songs, it's pretty high energy, and they're entertaining. I just think that's always going to work for... That's for the people. key word. I mean, if you go and you're entertained and you have Correct. fun, 
then you're, and you're happy, it doesn't really matter whether they've lost a step or not. Yeah. I mean, the Stones are still touring. I've told you guys, I went to see Hall and Oates in Memphis, and they're old. The saxophone guy's like in his 70s now, and I was fully entertained. I, I, I was. My parents went to go see uh, Steely Dan. Yeah. I mean, you're right about, like you said, about the 80s soundtrack's going to hit me in the feels. It will, and it will, it will work because we, you all kind of want to remember like the stuff that you loved when you were young. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm, it makes, I'm not, makes all the sense in the world. There's nothing to be embarrassed of. It's it, 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 what that's just what people do. Thirty years from now, uh, people that are my kids' age, they'll still go see Taylor Swift. Yes, they'll go see her, and it will, it will remind them of when they were in high school and when they were in college, and it will make them feel good. And they'll sing along with the songs, and their kids will roll their eyes at them, and that it will just repeat. That's I'll just be the, all right. It's the way it works. They yeah, will and, yeah. and Taylor Taylor will probably still be pretty hot in her sixties. Still probably single. Yeah. And probably <laughs> still single and rich as hell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it, bud. Uh yeah. Okay. I don't know. I wasn't he sure did. if you heard me or not. Yeah, we had a little he bit did. of lag there. He didn't hear appreciate it, bud. But yeah. I think it's okay. I think our, our uh, friendships will all be salvaged. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, got a couple of things for you here because unless you got a lot of other old miss topics to hit here to close the show, feel free. Um, <laughs> God, you can take the wheel if you'd like. Uh, I don't. All right, we all like dumb criminals. I'll give you one real quick. Got a couple different things to close because we just need to hit a few more minutes here to pay some bills. By the way, I will say this before you yeah. go before people tune us out. We will have a hand raised guys tonight. So yeah, two, two interviews that I think you'll really like. Uh, talked LSU Ole Miss baseball and then a lot of LSU SEC football just stuff with Matt Moscona of ESPN Louisiana down in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, that area. I know people think Matt's a homer or whatever. Um, Matt's really good. He's great radio podcast and it was it was a really fun half hour plus. And then I talked uh, Chris Beard, college basketball with uh, the transfer portal recruiting, who's kind of done what uh, potential fits and that kind of thing with Chris Dorch of Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook as well. About 40 minutes with him. So a real good show coming for you in the live stream tonight. And then uh, it'll be up in podcast form as the Friday Oxford Exxon podcast. And plenty of time for you to listen to it before Ole Miss and LSU either play or get rained out on Friday night. Forecast is starting to look a little better. So it is. It's, it looks it's, a little it's, better. It's, the, it's trending in the right direction. I think the rain's going to get out late afternoon. Yeah, I do too. I don't like their uh, chances for batting practice necessarily but but i I think they've got a good chance to get a game in so i laughed at this this morning last week the fbi arrested josiah garcia a tennessee air national guardsman who applied to be an assassin on rentahitman.com rookie mistake the website is a parody site that's been used to catch potential killers for years so it turns out the only assassination garcia was signing up for was that of his character And one of the many follow-up emails to his application, he allegedly wrote, quote, I enjoy doing what I do, so if I can find a job that is similar to it, such as this one, put me in, coach. He also peppered his nickname, uh, Reaper, which was allegedly given to him for his excellent marksmanship. Says the site wasn't even originally intended to catch killers. The guy, uh, he runs rentahitman.com. He bought the domain in 2005 for $9.20. 
with a plan to start website a website traffic analysis company. Ran a hit, man. The business didn't pan out, but he held on to the domain, hoping that someday someone would buy it. In 2010, he got a serious request enough to turn over to authorities. An assassin had uh, said he wanted to uh, hire or some someone wanted to hire an assassin to kill three of his relatives. In the years since, he has put a handful of others in possession of law enforcement. And the estimate is that he has saved at least 150 people with this parody website. The thought that there are people out there who would go on the internet and go to rentahitman.com looking for work is terrifying to me. It is. I mean... No, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't even funny. I, I read the thing and went, I've got to mention this because I'm blown away mentally right now that this is... Because it's... Well, it, it, it's beyond anything that you could even possibly comprehend. I, you, you, you couldn't even... You can't even, which is a good thing, you can't even go there in your headspace. Like, okay, well, what would that? No. You can't even think like that. And there are people out there that think like that. Yeah, you know what? I need some money. What could I do? I could be a hitman. That's terrifying. You don't have the capability to go there in your headspace. It's literally not on your menu. Not even on the last page of the last line of a... of a, you, you, you can't go there. You can't think like that. I just pulled this up. I mean, it is obviously a parry site. Like, it, it's obvious to anyone who is not, as you're saying, in a mental capacity that is not... that it is completely foreign to anything we can come up with because... As soon as you go there, you go, oh, they're making a lot of jokes in every part of this page. This is a complete spoof, satire, onion-type website. And yet, obviously, somebody gets on and either and applies a, to do the work or to find someone to do the work, one or the other. There's an application button in there somewhere? I assume. I did not stay with it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Jeffrey will be very happy when he hears this. He uh, he was, I mean, he was correct in what he watched, but... I was correct as well. Uh, Frank Ocean is pulled out of Coachella for Sunday, so Blink is coming back to Coachella for another performance. Oh. So he... Did the Grizzlies play Sunday? Is that going to be a competition for him? Grizzlies play Saturday, so it works out perfectly. Okay. All right. And we'll close here. I'm going to play one little quick game that we're going to go on for the day, but I like these things. I see them every week in a couple newsletters I read. So I'm going to give you three headlines. We started with news, talking about podcasts. We're going to close with news. I'm going to give you, I'm sorry, I'm going to give you four headlines, okay? Okay. Three of these are completely 100% true, and one is made up, okay? These See days, it's going to be difficult to figure out. All right, ready? Sure. Sorry, we dissolved your son in acid, mafia bosses tell parents. Okay. Man... Man sues brewery for using his photo on a can of beer called Bald Guy Brew. Okay. Black Bear breaks into vehicle, guzzles 69 cans of pop. Cocaine worth nearly $440 million found floating in the Sea of Italy. All right. The first one, the acid one I'm going to guess is true. What was the second one again? The second one is 
man sues brewery for using his photo on a can of beer called Ball Guy Brew. I'm going to guess that's the false one, but the other ones are true. You are 100% correct. Good job. Yes, it is true this week that the mafia bosses told parents they were sorry for dissolving their son in acid. They gave them a, uh, or they offered a, an apartment and 60,000 euro for compensation. Uh, I think it was euro if I recognized the sign correctly. Uh, a black bear did break into a vehicle and guzzle 69 cans of pop and cocaine worth $440 million was found in, found floating off the sea of Italy. It's a lot of cocaine. That's a good bit of cocaine, isn't it? That's a lot of pop too. 69. I mean, that's nice. It's a sugar rush for the, that is a sugar rush. Did the bear surprised the bear? I guess the bear just, I wonder if he opened it the right way or just punctured it and drank it. But he just punctured it. I don't know that he has the capability of popping the top per se. It appears that they were in a Jeep, ripped up the leather seats, drank and spilled the soda, broke the window. Yeah. It was in British Columbia on the Sunshine Coast. All I know is if a bear comes up to my Jeep, hey, bud, you can have everything in it. You're good. Well, she was in her house, so he the car was outside. He came up at 3 a.m. Pacific time. She looked outside and saw a black bear surrounded by shattered glass from her car window, and the bear was going through her vehicle. Her dog was barking from inside to alert her of what was going on. Yeah. She said the bear started with orange soda before making its way through cola and root beer and only stopped when it reached the diet soda. Get it. If you're going to have a soda, have a soda. See, aspartame will get you, even for the bear right there. Just couldn't couldn't, couldn't quite get it done. When was the last time you had a soda? Uh, I drink a lot of that seltzer water, but I don't I mean very, very, very infrequently for soda. It's been a while. Yeah. I, but I need the carbonation. I like the seltzer water a ton because it kind of mimics it enough for me. Yeah. I have a habit for soda, so I have to have something for carbonation. But the last time you had a Coke or a Sprite, oh, or a Dr. forever Pepper. for like a full leaded, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, sure. for me, yeah, it, it, I think it's been well over a year. Has it? Maybe, maybe two years. It's been a long time. I'll crave them occasionally, but I can kind of put it away with something else or mimic it, or because I don't have, I mean, I don't keep them, so it required me to go into a gas station and buy it or something. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. They're not sitting in the refrigerator where you're staring at it every day and making a decision. I mean. Food 101 there, people. But anyway, yeah. Uh, all right. Hand raise, guys. Tonight, again, Ole Miss LSU baseball this uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I guess we forgot to talk about it. Yes, Paul Skeen sort of kind of made a beer shower thing. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. He, he also yeah. said it was cool and it would be neat to see. So I'm having a hard time finding a lot of animus toward Paul Skeen's right now. I have a hard time uh, going. Yeah, Paul, you know, they 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 do the beer shower when they hit a home run. You're the pitcher. Do you want to see the beer shower? Not really. I, I, I he actually it. said he would kind of like to see it. He just said he did not believe there would be many this weekend. Look, no one hits him. So he has every every right right now to feel confident. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna Nobody. get on the mound and he's gonna throw a ball. We're gonna see if the baseball gods or karma or something runs a couple out of the park or they don't. I don't know. We'll see. He is Ole Miss to... historically has a history of doing well against these kind of guys. We'll yes. see. He's they going to Casey Myers. He's going to be the second pick in the major league baseball draft behind his teammate. 
Austin, I mean, yeah, Cruz Dylan will be Cruz. Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz will be the first pick. Yeah. So Ole Miss LSU have some content on that up tomorrow from a uh, written standpoint is head into uh, the second half of SEC play. Ole Miss three and 12 after beating Arkansas State on Tuesday night and the non-con headed into uh, week six of the SEC season. A week six that's I'm not going to analyze this, but pretty interesting if you want to just pick out some games for the weekend. Most of them have some level of uh, compelling nature to them. Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Texas A&M at Kentucky, Florida at South Carolina, Mississippi State at Slow Auburn. Down, just, slow yeah, down one second. Vander, Vanderbilt at Tennessee. Tennessee is running out of time here. They are, yes. I mean, they, they've put themselves where they 5-10 and 10 in the league. They are, I believe. That's correct. I mean, they're, they're in danger here. They've, they've got to figure some stuff out in terms of making the NCAA tournament. And if Tennessee doesn't make the NCAA tournament, it is a huge story. Uh, their close is probably going to be okay, but you lose two or three to Vandy this weekend, and it gets pretty freaking complicated fast. Yeah, I mean, if you're five and thirteen, we talk about math. You start having a math issue. Yeah, State, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina to close. Okay, so who are the other series this weekend? Uh, A and M, Kentucky. It's interesting. Yeah, Kentucky trying to hold off for that hot start. A and M's figured it out a little, even though it's really ugly. Arkansas is at Georgia this weekend. Chance, um, chance for Arkansas to pile on some wins. Yeah. Florida at South Carolina is your keynote weekend series. Oh, that's a, that's a good series. Carolina yeah, hits the ball out of the ballpark, man, over and over and over to the point that you have to start taking them seriously. Yeah, I know. They just hit home runs. I mean, and Omaha is a little more conducive to that now. Mississippi State's at Auburn. Can the Bulldogs win a third straight SEC series and kind of get back in it, even though it's as a three seed probably? I mean, they have some NCAA tournament hopes right now. Yeah. Um, Alabama, Missouri is a series that's just there. I guess if one team sweeps, they sort of get back in it a little bit. Um, and then Ole Miss and, Bama uh, six and, and LSU. Bama six and nine? Uh, I believe that's right. Clicking now. Kentucky's 10 and five, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Kentucky's had a really good first half. Yeah. Cause they were good early. Um, stop scrolling. Alabama is six and nine. Yeah. Yeah. They, this is an opportunity for them because Missouri's kind of let go a little bit. You could you go in and get a sweep or whatever, and if you're nine and nine, you start really renews your hopes. Mm-hmm. And Bohannon so, needs to make the tournament here soon. Oh, major, yeah. He's I mean he's he's a good coach and a bad job, but it's time to, to be a little better. Yeah, and to, and to get it done even with all the stuff that's going on. So. Anyway, appreciate Jeffrey for uh, his time. We will talk to uh, you again soon. Again, hand raise guys and then Ole Miss LSU baseball this weekend. Stay locked in to rebelgrove.com in the meantime. And we'll talk to you again soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 